You're listening to the On The Go with VAO News podcast for the week ending July 1st, 2016. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is our weekly recap of top headlines from the Daily Acquisition News. Thank you for tuning in today. I am Dara Curran, content developer and news writer. The General Services Administration has finally released requests for proposals for its Alliant 2 IDIQ GWACs. The $50 billion program, of course, is divided into an unrestricted and a small business portion, $15 billion for small businesses and $50 billion for the unrestricted portion. GSA envisions the program to encompass anything and everything IT-related from agile development, big data, and cloud computing, to cybersecurity and web analytics, application maintenance, and hosting. Task orders will be limited to 10 years and cannot extend more than five years beyond the expiration of the Alliant 2 contract. Responses are due by August 29th. The Department of Homeland Security is working to create a blanket purchase agreement for Agile technology contractors under its Flexible Agile Support for the Homeland, or FLASH, program. The agency wants to assemble a stable of product managers, designers, engineers, and developers so that the department components can quickly assemble cross-disciplinary teams for incremental product delivery. Modeled after the 18F team's Agile BPA, the initiative will likely function as a pilot test for DHS that's expected to evolve over future iterations. The American Council for Technology and Industry Advisory Council has released a new tool to help agencies assess the extent to which their IT management practices align with successful models of IT maturity, with an eye specifically on compliance with the Federal Information Technology Acquisition Reform Act. The organization's Measures of Impact document, developed at the request of the Office of Management and Budget and part of ACT-IAC's FATARA implementation project, is divided into three categories, measures of IT management maturity, measures of IT service delivery, and measures of improving agency effectiveness and efficiency. Across these three categories are 14 individual measures to gauge the progress of integration of best management practices into the organization's culture and processes. Although the tool is intended primarily to assist Chief Financial Officer Act agencies in implementing FATARA, ACT-IACT noted that other oversight bodies and related organizations, such as the Government Accountability Office, Congress, and the Chief Information, Financial, and Acquisition Officers Management Councils, may also find the document a useful framework to help develop and share best practices and lessons learned from FATARA implementation. Following up on a story we covered last week, the Small Business Administration will be undertaking a review of the Supreme Court's recent ruling that the Department of Veterans Affairs must apply the so-called Rule of Two when using federal supply schedule and multiple award schedule contracts to determine the potential procurement ramifications on other federal agencies. According to John Shiraka, Associate Administrator of SBA's Office of Government Contracting and Business Development, the agency will work with other oversight bodies such as DOJ, GSA, and the FAR Council to examine how the decision may affect small business contracting goals and the operation of the Small Business Act and assess whether any changes to regulations are needed. 
Another development that could expand outward to other agencies, the Railroad Retirement Board has published an interim rule that will be effective on August 1st that essentially doubles the potential penalties for vendors who submit false claims for payment for products or services to the government. Penalties currently run between $5,500 and $11,000 per claim. The interim rule would raise that to between $10,781 and $21,563. According to Bill Wilmoth, lawyer and former U.S. Attorney for the Justice Department, penalty amounts are intended to be adjusted to reflect inflation, but RRB is the first federal agency to make an upward adjustment since 1996 and Wilmoth suggested it is only a matter of time before other federal agencies do the same. The other interesting thing to note about this is, although the penalty amounts maybe don't seem all that significant within the larger context of government spending, most FCA cases do involve numerous claims. So, for example, if the government believes a vendor overbilled Medicare for a dollar on each of a thousand claims, you now have a thousand dollars in overpayments, plus a thousand possible penalties within those new price ranges. The increase could mean a decline in FCA cases that are tried as companies attempt to avoid costly penalties that could accrue if they lose. And finally, strap yourself in for some DFARS changes. We have final rules, proposed rules, and an interim one to be aware of. Let's start off with the final rules, which were published on and effective on June 30th. Rule 1 consolidates all requirements for DOD contractors performing private security functions in certain designated operational areas and identifies an approved alternative quality assurance standard to DFARS Clause 252.225-7039. Rule 2 deletes the supplemental definition for simplified acquisition threshold with regard to humanitarian or peacekeeping operations at DFARS Part 202, a change that already has been made within the FAR. Rule 3 adds Ukraine to the list of countries designated under the World Trade Organization Government Procurement Agreement, and Rule 4 implements Section 897 of the Fiscal Year 2016 NDAA, which provides that contracts executed by DOD as a result of the transfer of contracts from the General Services Administration, or for which DOD serves as an item manager for products on behalf of GSA, are not subject to domestic source restrictions if the contracts are for the purchase of products by other federal agencies or state or local governments. Our interim rule implements Section 892 of the Fiscal Year 2016 NDAA to modify the criteria for the pilot program on acquisition of military purpose non-developmental items to remove the requirement for the use of competitive procedures and for awards made to non-traditional defense contractors and increase the threshold for the use of the pilot program to contracts up to $100 million. Comments on the interim rule must be submitted by August 29th to be considered in the formation of the final rule. And our two proposed rules would increase from $500 to $1,000 the administrative cost to the government for issuing and administering each contract to be awarded under a solicitation for the purpose of evaluating bids for multiple awards. The increase aligns with an equivalent adjustment that was proposed and published on May 12, 2016. And the other proposed rule states that DOD has determined the use of customary contract financing, other than loan guarantees and advance payments, doesn't need to be further justified on fixed-price contracts with a period of performance in excess of a year that meet the dollar thresholds established in FAR 32.104D or in solicitations expected to result in such contracts. Comments must be submitted by August 29th to be considered in the formation of the final rules.
That is it for this week. If you're a government agency subscriber to the Virtual Acquisition Office website, links to the headlines discussed today can be found on the same page on VAO where you downloaded the podcast. Thanks for tuning in and hope we will come back on Friday, July 8th to catch up again on all the latest developments from the Daily Acquisition News. Have a safe and happy holiday weekend.